comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No Facebook, no Twitter, no smartphones, no podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. Episode 45. It's all a big secret. This is John. I have with me Jim and Bradley. Hello, gentlemen. Hola, and don't go in the barn, please. What's up, fellas? Not a heck of a lot. Uh, we're missing Mr. Latham tonight. He was uh, he had an explosion of his DVR and was not able to watch the show in time. Technical difficulties. Technical difficulties. And Jordan will be joining us shortly for his very famous and important recap. Of course, he lives in the sticks, Russell does, so any kind of repair service takes about a week to ten days to get there. And that's why they all have generators, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. So I think before we do some wrap-up from last week, uh, the Chupacabra episode brought in some voicemails and, and things like that. There was kind of like a spoiler um, flurry for the last two episodes coming up here with Secrets, and I don't even know the title of the episode seven, but uh, I guess AMC screened those last two ahead of time, and uh, there was a lot of message board and and chatter about the last two episodes did anybody partake in the spoilerage i read them i did not yeah i read them because i wanted to see how accurate they were and um after seeing the first episode here i'd say that they were pretty accurate so if they continue to be accurate we're in for a heck of an episode next week but um i'm also concerned that amc would do something which i consider pretty dumb uh well, I just don't understand why they would I I don't think they need any more word of mouth for this show. And honestly, it's it's doing pretty dang good for a cable show. So, why do something like this? We're already excited enough. Well, I I think you're right from the standpoint of Walking Dead only. But AMC also has a bunch of other shows, so they're going to want to do the big critics right by sending them the screeners so that there's no hard feelings or, hey, how come AMC's not sending out screeners to us type of thing going on? For- Plus, usually when they don't send out screeners, that's a bad sign. I mean, we've all seen that thing, you know. This movie was not available for review before release, and usually that's a sign of a real stinker movie. Yes. So, I, so if they you- don't send out the screeners, that's usually a bad sign. Yes. So how, if they send out screeners all the time, then how come we don't get detailed write-ups like these every week? Or maybe, maybe we do, and I'm just oblivious to them. No, I think that they only screened... Uh, I know for a fact they screened the first two, 
and it looks like they screen the last two, and they'll probably screen the first two after the break and the finale. That's what they've been doing. That's what they did uh, season one. They screened the first two and the finale. So that might be their general practice for, for television. Um, but whatever. I mean, you know, I wish we got them. They're obviously very careful about who they send screeners to. Uh, we've said time and again that AMC's been very tight with helping the little guy out. Uh, but apparently somebody that was a bad choice got a hold of it because the uh, episodes were out on the internet. So not The, the actual episodes? Are no, just... I have not seen bootleg or pirated video, but the synopsis. Synopsi? How do we say that, Brad? Synopsises? Synopsis. Synopsis were on the uh, internet. So Yeah, and uh, like I said, at least the first one was pretty accurate. So, you know, oh, part, there of was... wishes, I, part of me wishes I hadn't read them but like i said i was curious to see how accurate they were i bradley was alerted to a screen cap uh so not video but a screen capture and it was of the let's call it the money shot of next show oh i know what it is then right so and once you how get do you feel that, about knowing what it is already um i'm all right because i kind of i'm all right i'm good but um, it was interesting that that's what got out because that's as bad as the entire video getting out, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, sure, yeah, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to clue me into that because uh, since I already know what it is, I'd like to see it. We will do that off the air right now. No, do it on the air so people can hear our my reaction. Nah, that's okay. Don't worry about it. Ooh, we get to talk about uh, that. Reminds me of the spoiler talk. We get to talk about Andrea shooting well. We've been dancing Finally. around that for a couple of years. Finally. So now so the barn. Awesome. Yeah, we'll, we'll save that for the recap, and I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit. But um, right now, let's check out a voicemail. This one is from Rick from Kentucky, eventually. Isn't that weird that it's Rick from Kentucky? Because that's what Rick, that's where Rick Grimes is from. Hey, I know the, uh, the um, actual search for Sophia contest is over, but I want to give my two cents on this one. I think that uh, uh, Sophia, we're going to find her probably with Morgan and his son. I think that is something that hadn't been looked at, but uh, something that we really need to look at. I think Morgan and his son are actually looking for Rick, and I think they probably have found Sophia, and that's where we're going to find her. And it's one more thing that I really want to say as far as what's going on with the people that are saying about the infection thing. You know, uh, we're looking at things and everybody in the whole outside of the series is looking for, you know, what they've seen in zombie movies so far. You know, we see the infection thing as bites and this and that, but all of this is in Rob, Robert Kirkman's head. I mean, we have to look at the whole point of, you know, this is his series, and what's going to happen is going to happen. And uh, until he decides to tell us what's going to happen, then we just have to live with it. And, you know, I, I just get tired of people saying, well, how come somebody isn't infected because they're using an arrow to shoot a squirrel and then uh, shoot a zombie in the head and, you know, this and that. So, anyway, this is uh, Rick from west kentucky here so anyway thank you guys love the podcast and and uh hope you have a good day Bye. hey you know what i'm tired of rick 
I'm tired of be, people telling me what to be tired of. <laughs> no, um, he makes some good points. You know, there's we can complain about things, and you know everybody does it. That's what being a fan is about. But you know, he's right. Hickman, Hickman, Kirkman, two good writers with the same last syllable of the last name. Kirkman, you know, we'll we'll make make it happen when he wants it to happen, and we've trusted him in the comic so far, so might as well trust him here. But it is hard, you know. If you know, it's like being a kid on Christmas morning. You can't sleep the night before. You want it to be now. So that's you know, it's the same type of deal. But he makes some good points. Yeah, and and you know. I think we are joined by Mr. From Jersey. Jordan, are you with us? Hey, guys. How's it going? Fantastic. We were just uh, kind of wrapping up Chupacabra, and, and we just played a, a voicemail. And I'm glad I brought you in at this point. because I'm glad you're here with us at this point because uh, a caller was just saying how, you know, people are so concerned with how the zombies do the infecting in this world. And he was sort of saying as everyone just heard, that, you know, Kirkman's got his own idea, and we're just going to have to wait and see how it happens. But you're always, you're under the impression that he follows the Romero zombie universe. Is that, well, like, assumption, or is has that ever been, like, actually no, he, been stated? He's, he's said, Robert Kirkman specifically has said, that for the most part he follows the Romero canon, and that's for sure certain in the comic books. He has, not to a detrimental amount, not everything is the same, but I'd say 90% of the stuff is closer to Romero than any of the other many zombie canons out there. And so far, the show, um, nothing I can think of contradicts the Romero canon so far anyway. Which is just, if you die, you become a zombie. No one knows why the zombies are around, although people speculate it could be from like uh, space radiation. And uh, uh, pretty much the zombies are winning and will always win. And you have nothing you can do except try and survive. Very good. So we have one more voicemail that we're going to get to before we do the secrets recap. And that secrets. is from... Yes, we've done that, Jordan. We've whispered already. Darn it. And Have we? I don't know. if Maybe it was off air. I don't know. This is from Carlos. Hi, guys. This is Carlos from Florida. Long-time listener. First-time caller. I guess my biggest problem with the show is that I think Andrew Lincoln is a lousy Rick Grimes. With his bad accent, with his, you know, indecisions, with bad decision-making, you know, it's not the guy in the comics. You know, I don't want to sound like the book, the comic book guy, you know, but you got to at least get his character down right. You know, now maybe, now maybe they're doing the slow burn with the situation with Shane that you guys talked about. Maybe eventually he may become the character in the comic. But, but we need Shane out of the way. But in the season, lousy. I mean, actually, is, is the real Rick Grimes. You ever see Rick Grimes pray? You'll never do that. I don't know. That's my opinion. Bye. <laughs> Thanks, Carlos. Uh, I like, how, I like how he says the real Rick Grimes. <laughs> Carlos is clearly upset. You know, the real I, Rick Grimes wouldn't do that. You know, he brought up something that, that we've talked about, and I... I think I mentioned it last time or the time before. It, this is a different Rick, and I do believe it's because Shane is still around. You know, it's um, it's really changed the dynamic of the show. And I think if and when Shane does bite it, that we will see the Rick that we've come to know and, and appreciate in comics. So, you know, I'm with you there. I I want I want that 
decisive Rick, you know, but and like I said, I've been reading the comics, rereading them. Uh, Rick in the comic, he does make some bad decisions sometimes. Now he'll always take responsibility for it and whatnot. All the time. Yeah. Not, well, he doesn't make dis- bad decisions all the time, but, um, he makes them quite often. And, you know, it's only because nobody else is making decisions. So we'll probably get to that eventually. But, um, and not to get into the episode recap, but I think we saw a little bit of the Rick we're used to poking through at the end, um, tor- towards the end of this episode. I mean, we'll get into it later, but, you know, we got some yelling out of him finally. We got some emotion. And this is a... Some backbone. Yeah. This this will be a clear case also. Like, remember in the beginning with Lori, the comic readers were like, oh, man, we hate Lori. And the new TV people were like, what's with the Lori hate? We don't get it. You know, we have this totally different view of Rick than the people that are just starting out with the TV show. And it's definitely popping through in, like, you know, the Facebook comments and stuff like that where, you know, the, the I think the TV viewers that don't know the comic are much more okay with Rick's character than all of us are. Oh, absolutely, because they have nothing to judge it, uh, you know, against. I mean, we have a totally different. I, I think we were saying something about this, like on the last episode, like the divergence of the the storyline of the show and the storyline of the comic. There are certain story beats that they have in common, but like uh, Brad was saying earlier, I mean, just the inclusion of Shane at this point and the way that uh, Andrew Lincoln portrays Rick are, are quite different from the comic. You know, it's made it quite yeah. quite a different story. And let's face it, they're having a ball with Shane. I mean, he's. it's not like they've added this wishy-washy, you know, character that's kind of in the background. I mean, they've added a major player, you know, doing some dynamic things, uh, which, again, you know, we'll get to in the recap more. But Shane is certainly a force to be reckoned with. Hey, just as a as a callback to Jordan talking about the Romero uh, canon, l- let me ask you, Jordan, did— did they refer to zombies as zombies in those movies? Um, I don't not in Night of the Living Dead in in the original Dawn of the Dead, one of the characters tells a story about his grandfather who was a voodoo shaman uh, in Jamaica or something like that and he mentions the classic voodoo zombie and he kind of I don't want to say jokingly, but he he kind of slyly refers to what they would refer to as geeks in the Romero um canon as zombies briefly there, but it's like twice and i think all the movies since then have maybe used the z word one or two times max but not a whole lot well like i said i was i've been rereading the books and i'm i was surprised at how many times they actually used the word zombies in the the walking dead comic i was shocked i didn't remember them saying it at all but yeah i would have guessed i would have guessed that they don't say it ever they (laughs) they do quite often actually it's really it's really kind of crazy all right, so before we get rolling with our recap for Secrets, I think we have some new iTunes reviews that we would like to th- thank the people for. And, Jim, you have those, correct? That is correct, Mr. M. And uh, we're always grateful to get the iTunes reviews. We really appreciate the feedback and the stars. Uh, we're going to start out with the uh, iTunes review from Mommy to Briley. Uh, love these guys. As a 25-year-old female who's never read the comic, I truly enjoy listening to these guys that compare the episode to the comic, but only if it's something that's already shown in the TV series. They're great about keeping it spoiler-free. Absolutely love the recaps. Hey, Jordan, there's a little love for you. Uh, I find things out that I missed or didn't catch during the show. Very professional, great guys all around. Thanks a lot, Mommy DeBriley. Uh, Nighthawk72 
uh, gives us another five-star review. By far the best Walking Dead podcast. Wow, thanks so much. These guys are great and really know what they're talking about. I enjoy the thorough recaps so I can visualize each moment of the walkthrough. Also love the commentary episodes from the first season and look forward to more in the future. That's something we might want to think about for the uh, the break we have coming up. Uh, Tortimers uh, also wanted to uh, drop a uh, five-star review for us. Great Walking Dead podcast. This is the best Walking Dead podcast on iTunes. Wow. Thank you very much, Tortimers. I love listening to all these guys, and they're a fun listen every week. I just started listening to these guys for this year's TV season. Great season good so far, and great podcast. Keep up the good work. And our final uh, iTunes review for this episode, another five-star review from Senior Nerd One. Uh, the Walking Dead TV podcast really delivers, he says. Uh, these guys run laps around the after show Talking Dead with Chris Hardwick. Wow, high praise indeed. Uh, they do a professional job of analyzing the show, posting the stuff the fans crave, like the Comic-Con panels, uh, and they're truly good citizens of the Walking Dead community, <laughs> always praising other, praising other podcasts. We always try to spread the love when we can, Senior Nerd One. And thanks a lot for those iTunes reviews, everyone's uh, coming. Let us know what you like and what you, uh, what you uh, enjoy about the show. Yes, I think it's very cool that we may not be the biggest Walking Dead podcast on iTunes, but we have the most uh, reviews on iTunes, and I think that's awesome. And it probably has something to do with begging for them, but uh, but we do appreciate them. So enough of the pleasantries. We have a recap for the big episode here, Secrets, and we have a sponsor for that recap, don't we, Jim? That's right, John. Our, our sponsor for this episode is DCBService.com. Uh, they, uh, if you are interested at all in uh, checking out the Walking Dead comic that we refer to because you're such a fan of the show, then DCB Service is where you want to go to get it because you certainly don't want to pay full price and they're fine people to work uh, with and for. Uh, on special right now, uh, walking in a Walking Dead-centric way, is the Walking Dead Compendium Trade Paperback. If you're not familiar, it is issues 1 through 48 of uh, The Walking Dead uh, all in one giant phone book size book. I have this book myself and it's great. And, and it's a good way if you really want to take uh, a big plunge into the Walking Dead universe and, you know, go whole hog and not want to spend, you know, a ton of money on uh, hardcovers or whatnot. DCB Service has it right now for thirty five ninety nine, And if you use the code WD8, uh, you can, and you're a first time uh, user at DCB Service, or you haven't ordered anything in one year, you get an extra 8% off of your order on top of their already heavy discount. So, DCB Service, definitely check it out. And uh, they are you know, great people to work with, and uh, they have great prices on uh, great books. Yes. And I just want to mention that people love the compendium. We've had a number of listeners say that their first exposure to the comics after watching the show was that they bought the compendium and they love it, and when's the next compendium coming out? Which uh, will probably be a little while before that happens, but uh, but it, it's great stuff. I wish I had gotten the discount, uh, as big a discount as DCP Service has on the compendium when I bought it. I'll say that much. But yeah, I love the compendium. It's great, and it's a great way to really like you know dive headlong into the universe and, and check out the comic and not spend a whole lot of money at the, you know, the outset. All right, Jordan, let's let the secrets roll. Let's do that. Episode 206, Secrets, begins with Carl out of bed for the first time in many episodes and wearing a dapper button-down shirt, and he's feeding some chickens. And he has a, a, a kind of funny conversation with Lori, 
uh, but it kind of ends on a dark note where he mentions that the the mother chicken is gone and that everything is food for something. Yeah, I think this comes into play a little bit later when Lori is explaining to somebody that she feels like Carl is already being sort of desensitized. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, so uh, this is a, our first little clue at that, which is uh, going to be a huge storyline, I would say. That was a, a pretty... Um... A pretty crazy statement to hear a, you know, a, how old is Carl supposed to be? Twelve, like, I think. Is he twelve? Something's telling me ten, but I could be wrong. I think the yeah, actor's was, twelve. Maybe that's where I'm getting twelve. I'm thinking he's ten also, but it, it, it just sounded weird for a ten-year-old to say that. But, you know, it, it does go to show that he, he understands the world he's in now. We don't have to wait long to see where the chicken went. It seems Patricia, who's either Otis's widow or she was his fiance or girlfriend or something along those lines, she takes a chicken into a shack where she breaks its legs and adds it to a wheelbarrow of, I think, three other chickens. She wheels them all over to the barn and throws them in so the walkers have something to gnaw on. That was a great uh, pre-credits uh, opening sequence, I thought. It just really worked for me really well. I'm kind of setting the tone for the big revelation from last episode. Yeah, I winced when they broke those chicken legs. Oh, the, I rewatched <laughs> the episode over headphones. And the sound of it screaming is just terrifying. But it was good good attention to detail. You know, these zombies only eat live things, but a chicken's going to be way too fast for it. So what do you do? You break the chicken's legs. It's harsh, but it works. And it's delicious. <laughs> Tastes like chicken. Uh, hopefully, yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Glenn is watching the barn through his binoculars. Maggie tells him he's being too obvious. And... Uh, she tries to pay him off with peaches and jerky, not to mention what's going on in the barn. And then she gives him the peaches to bring to the rest of the group. I like that Glenn can't keep a secret. He really can't keep a secret. Yeah, and I like the way uh, Stephen Yoon plays it. He's very uncomfortable, you can tell. And and, uh, and yet everyone keeps asking him to. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Andrea goes and visits Daryl to apologize for shooting him, and she lets him borrow a book. And he says, hey, don't worry about it, but next time you shoot me, you better hope I'm dead. And that, I believe, is the last we see of Daryl Dixon this episode. Yes. I think you're correct. It was cool to see after last episode, though, where we were unsure how dark of a turn the character was going to take. Um, that he was, you know, he was very well aware that she was just protecting the group. And at least it appeared to the camera that he was forgiving her and he was not going to hold a grudge. Yeah, that's a good point. T I didn't think of that. wasn't in this episode very much either. T-Dog hasn't been in this season very much. Since he got his arm ripped open, he really hasn't had much to do. Uh, hopefully he'll get a spotlight one of these days. Uh, and after Andrea gives him the book, we then catch up with Glenn again, who talks to Lori, and he's like, I can't believe you haven't told Rick yet. Then we head over to Rick, and Rick is telling uh, Shane that, hey, we should get the group to do some firearm training. Uh, two of Herschel's, I guess Herschel's daughter and Patricia, was it? come over and say, hey, we want to learn as well. Otis was the only one of the, our group who knew firearms, and uh, Herschel isn't happy about it, but he can sense that it is important that we learn how to protect ourselves. And thank God Rick didn't take them for their word. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he has wisened up since last episode. Um, but we should also notice, uh, note that Jimmy was also with him and Shane, still discussing things, even after Herschel was upset last episode about Jimmy being involved. I mean, he didn't do anything aside from point out stuff on a map, but he was still, he was still working with them. Right, and besides some of the differences in this scene, this is a scene pretty much right out of the comic 
Yeah, um, we learned that there's a housing development about, what was it, 10 miles or 10 minutes away? Or no, I guess it went in 10 years ago, but it's right up the road. And uh, from the comics, we know of a nearby housing development. I think we get a name in the comics, but we didn't get one in the show. So we won't say it just for, for fear of it being something different. After the whole firearm training discussion, Shane walks away to continue eating. And Carl comes up and says he wants to learn as well. He thinks that Shane can talk his parents into doing it. And Shane says, kind of laughs it off, but agrees to, to ask them. And then he notices that uh, Carl is smuggling a gun, and he, he takes the revolver from him. We then cut to Lori, who is not happy at all to find out that Carl stole the gun, that he lied about it, and uh, that he wants to be taught how to fire a gun. That kooky kid with a gun in his pants. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to end well. Except, you know, I mean, again, last episode we were all excited. Carl's finally got the hat, and I, I think all of us are probably almost as excited that Carl's finally got a revolver. Because Carl walking around the countryside with a uh, sheriff's hat on his head and a revolver strapped to his side, that's the Carl we know. Yeah, I was really happy to, to see this, you know, interest in him uh, wanting to shoot a gun. It's nice to see another element from the comic make its way into the show. Right. So in, you know, in a scene we've, we've seen before in the comic, but we hadn't seen before in the show, uh, Rick and Lori have to discuss whether or not they're going to let Carl learn how to fire a gun. And Shane gets involved as well, and by the end of it, they seem to have come to terms, and Carl will be taught how to fire the weapon. Yeah, Lori gave in on this one. Yep. Well, she said, you know, multiple times that she may not agree with everything that Rick says, but she'll support him in it. And I, I you know, I just think this is another example of that. I, I just want to backtrack a little bit. I was so happy when they clipped to this scene just to see Carl standing there outside with everybody. You know, because obviously the last times we've seen him, he's been in that bed. Right, right. So it was like a great forward jump. You know, it was almost a relief, like, all right, great. They're not going to be sitting nine. bedside. Yeah, they're not going to be sitting bedside with Carl anymore. He's he up looked pretty and, healthy, too, though. Yeah, yeah. But Lori did mention, you know, the kid just got shot, and you're going to hand him a gun. You know, so right. it's certainly just, he just woke up maybe last day or so, I think, or, or is up and around, I should say, for the last day or so, would be my guess. Now, when we were at New York Comic Con, Chandler Riggs talked about how, you know, this season Carl is going to be going through some changes, and one of the things he'll be doing is stealing, and I, I, I don't know about the rest of you guys, but I certainly was thinking, what the heck is he talking about? And so it's nice to finally know what he was referring to. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that until, uh, until just Because it, yeah. it just seemed way out of character for him to be stealing something, but now that we know what it was and his reasons... It makes a little bit more sense to me, for sure. Yeah, and you never know how big a It could have been an entire scene of him taking the gun that just didn't make it. You know what I mean? True. Uh, so Dale has realized that Glenn, as you guys have said, is really, really bad about keeping a secret, and he's kind of dodging questions and that kind of stuff. So he finally asks him, what's bothering you? And Glenn says, there's walkers in the barn and Lori's pregnant, so everything's out in the open. That scene uh, earlier when... <laughs> when uh... He was delivering peaches to the other people, and they all look at him like, what's wrong? Nothing. I'm fine. That's awesome. Nothing's happening at all. There's certainly not zombies in the barn. I would never say that. I like the way that, um, I guess we're getting to it now, but I like the way that uh, Dale tries to not sell him out. Um, yeah, yeah, when he goes and talks to Terrell. Yeah, is that what you're up to? I won't. Uh... Uh, that There's one thing before. Okay, that. go ahead. Uh, and that is before that, they, they have the gun training where we see the group is all firing at different targets on, uh, it appears 
uh, that they've driven a little ways away from the farm, so they're not going to be drawing all the noise and all the zombies to the farm, but they're they're having some practice firearm training. Uh, we see that Andrea is quite good at hitting a stationary target, and Shane asks her to stay around for the advanced class. And then we get to the scene where Dale goes up to Herschel. It seems that uh, that nervous Nelly horse from last episode that Buck Daryl off is back, and... Uh, Dale goes and says, hey, you know, I was, I love your farm, I love the fields, I went for a walk this morning, and I ended up by the barn, and I heard the moans inside, let's talk about it. So like you said, he doesn't sell, he doesn't sell Glenn out, although, we'll, we'll bring it up later, but it does appear that Herschel figured out, or at least Maggie figured out how Dale knows. Yeah, I, I took it that Maggie just figured it out, like it was too yeah. big, a, it was too big a coincidence for Dale to be wandering by there or whatever. Dale, but... Dale's a class act guy, you know, he he's in both instances <laughs> dealing with Glenn trying not to reveal a secrets 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 he's uh you know he's given logical probable explanations for how he figured something out and i think you know the fact that he would uh, go out of his way to try to not throw Glenn under the bus is really cool yeah yeah he does the same kind of thing with Lori later exactly i, I did like i really like this scene though with uh, with Herschel and Dale cuz kind of uh, um, talk to each other as almost like their peers, you know what I mean? Because they're in the same age group, kind of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and her, you know, we kind of talked about this last week. We we reiterated what had already been shown, shown in the show, but uh, here Herschel says it for sure, for definite. He says he doesn't think that, or he doesn't consider the, the walkers to be dead. He just considers them to be sick. That's his wife, that's his stepson inside, that's his neighbors, and he's not willing to murder them because as far as he's concerned, they are people. And if you kill him, you are committing murder. We need to make a shirt that say walkers are people, too. <laughs> um, so Dale says he wants to tell Rick. He's like, Rick's a good guy. Let me tell him. We'll figure this out. We'll make we'll reinforce the barn. We'll keep everybody safe. And Herschel says, look, I've had some conversations with Rick. I know he's a man of conscience. But can you tell me for certain that everybody else is? And we can tell from the look in Dale's face that he cannot say so. Herschel also said the barn's already safe. And I... That caught, that struck me. I wondered why he said that. Maybe he just felt like he'd already done enough, you know. Yeah, I was. I thought about that too, Brad. It did seem strange for him to phrase it that way. I guess maybe he just doesn't want anybody messing with it, you know. I mean, I think the character is meant to be, you know, it's just an old timer setting his ways. You know, I think there's kind of like a commentary here on uh, stubborn. What's the words I'm looking for politically? You know, right wing, maybe. I, I don't know. There seems to be a commentary here about who this character is. Um, and he certainly doesn't want to hear it from anybody that his barn isn't secure enough or how somebody might be able to take care of his situation better than him. Right. This is his property. They've intruded. It's not their call. So right after the scene with Dale and Herschel, we cut to a scene with Herschel and Lori. Herschel is now fixing the fence. And I think we saw a lot more of the fence this episode than we've seen in the past. Um, but there's been a lot of questions of how aren't zombies walk wandering onto this property. And now we have kind of two answers. One, some have, and they're in the barn or at the bottom of the well. And otherwise, there are fences all over the place with barbed wire that are about neck high that would presumably keep at least a number of the zombies out. I really don't remember seeing those fences at all before. Right, and you'd have you know, to figure that where Rick was running from with Carl being shot, that they ran from the woods right up to the house area. You know, they never got to any fence. 
Well, except they came from the ro- the direction of the road, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is maybe they're working on the fence and they haven't gotten sure. it all the way around yet <laughs> or something to that effect or um, – well, the, the other thing I've heard um, from interviews with Norman Reedus and stuff is, and this is something they haven't really shown in the show, but it's been implied, is that, you know, at least half of the surrounding area is swampland, which we've kind of seen with them trucking around in the ro- in the woods. Um, and that also acts as kind of a natural barrier to keep things from getting through too much. I think there might have been a throwaway comment to that effect, too, when they were they were planning the... Um, the search for Sophia, you know, a couple episodes ago with the, with the map. Yeah, you know, I think I you think, might be right. I think they might have pointed that out. Yeah, I think I think that was why uh, Daryl took a horse so he could go across the ridge. Oh, good point. Yeah. Uh, so, like I said, Lori comes up to Herschel, who's working on the fence, and she thanks him for staying there. And you know, he comes out right out and says, "Yeah, you know, it's I'm glad I could help, but it looks like you guys will be moving along soon, going on to Fort Benning." And Lori is kind of taken aback by the news because apparently Rick has not told the rest of the group that Herschel is not cool with them staying there long term. Uh, so we cut back to Shane and Andrea, and he's now, this is the advanced firearms training class. They've tied a rope around a log and are swinging it back and forth so she can try and hit a, a, um, a moving target. And he continues to goad her and say, you know, shoot it. It's coming at you. It's 10 feet. It's 9 feet. And then he kind of crosses the line and says, this is that, that bastard who bit Andrea or that bit Amy get him get the son of a bitch and uh that is the last straw for andrea and she walks off very upset this is the scene that russell and i were talking about the end uh talking about at the end of last week's um episode of our podcast this is the one they showed on that the preview they had on amc tv and um russell referred to him as a uh, drill sergeant shane and uh that was a really cool scene seeing him do that and just showing her it can be done where did they cut in the previous scene i was curious because you guys had talked about it where did they end it where did they end it just because it, it seemed like the did it end where the scene ended where she kind of you could tell she, she was very upset she wandered off and then shane kind of wandered off in the opposite direction and that's when they cut it okay now just a couple of things here um we're very glad that we have finally established that andrea can shoot well Yes, because that's been a comic uh, staple that we've been. And again, you know, it's, we didn't want to spoil anybody, and they've kind of been nodding to it and alluding to it. She's been messing around with guns for a few shows now, um, so she is talented in that area um, and other areas that we'll find out in a little bit. Um, <laughs> one thing I was thinking about. Worse. Yes, <laughs> one thing that struck me and and I haven't really put thought into how it would change the story and stuff but wouldn't the scene of her sniping Daryl from the top of the trailer make a lot more sense if they did this training first um in other words everybody's saying how do they give her the sniper rifle well they didn't give it to her she took it yeah Okay, I still, I guess what I'm getting at is if they would have shown us this training scene and then Daryl wanders back, now she's got a reason to be on top with the big gun and know how to handle it because she's taken these training and, and blah, blah, blah. Well, Not a I big think, deal. I'm just I saying. Think, I hear what you're saying, John, but I think last episode really demonstrated, and possibly the one before, really demonstrated Andrea's desire to learn about the gun to be able to handle the gun 
And I think she just probably got ahead of herself thinking, I can do this. Uh, I'm going to get up on the RV and show everybody and myself that I can do this. And, uh, of course, you know, she almost killed one of the groups. So I think, well, I can see your point of view, like, shouldn't this have happened afterwards? I think this really underscored the need that Andrea, the, uh, the, uh, what's the word? The need for training that Andrea needs, uh, that needs to happen. So it, it worked for me. It really worked for me in this. But, you know, when she climbed up on the roof, you know, Dale was cautioning and her and cautioning her and saying, you know, are you sure about this? And she's like, shut up, Dale. And, you know, Dale knew it wasn't a good idea. We knew it wasn't a good idea because she hadn't had the training. Right. And this kind of established that she's also good at it. Yeah. So not only did she know what she was not really know what she was doing, she also pegged them from, you know, 150 yards away. You know, right. so like I get you know what? It's not a problem. I'm not like nitpicking it. No, I think it's just not. cleaner if this came first, but it didn't. So I think it I think it works better this way. And that's and that, you know, that's fine. I can well, deal you're with just that. wrong. I can, I can deal with you being wrong and, you know, we can just move on. I hate you. So after Andrea storms off, Shane follows her in his car. He cuts her off and says, look, I've got a lead on Sophia. There's a housing development nearby. Why don't you come with me? We'll go look for, and uh, I'm sorry about what I said. You know, when so he they, said, when he said, I got a lead on Sophia, I was like, what the hell is he talking about? This just came in over the radio. But it was just, it was that throwaway line from earlier when, what's the little kid's name? Jimmy or Danny? Jimmy, Jimmy said, oh, there's a, there's a uh, housing development, you know, 10 miles from here, or 10 minutes from here or whatever. That's, that's what he meant. But it took me a while to process that. Right. Yeah, definitely. So we then cut back to camp, and Dale is frying up some type of meat, maybe spam. It was hard to tell, and you can it very was spam. okay. You can very clearly tell that Lori is nauseated, and who can blame her? He, he's frying up spam. Uh, so he goes over and talks, and this is again where Brad was pointing out he spam, creates a cover story. Spam, I don't spam, like spam. Spam, 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 spam. This podcast is brought to you by Spam, specially pressed American meats. Oh, since we're doing product, <laughs> since we're doing product placement, the car is totally distracting now. Why? What it was is. About I agree. I totally agree. Because the farm. Wait, how do you say it? Hyundai. Hyundai. Okay, good. That's what I'm going to say from now on. Hyundai. Hyundai. Or Hyundai. Either way. The Hyundai. Is that that green thing Shane's driving? Yeah, and it's brand new, and everything else on the farm is like an old pickup truck that like Brad's family drives. And this guy's got the brand new Hyundai. It's totally distracting now. I just have pickups that old. That's I think not I the. Did p- see a couple like that on Russell's uh, lawn, though. <laughs> on cinder blocks. <laughs> yeah, but he oh, didn't sure rag on Russ because he's not here. Well, learn how to work a DVR. Um, he yeah, didn't get it from the said. farm, though, John. I know, but the point being is, it just really stands out now. Only because it's that ugly puke green. That's part of it, and it's brand new and shiny, and everything else is kind of like the first dirty. Episode? You've seen it? No, I don't think so. I don't remember seeing it. You picked it up on the highway, and okay. I think in the season two premiere. And they even, uh, you know, Dale even references it later. You got that brand new ride? He doesn't say Hyundai or no, Hyundai. No, he does say Hyundai. No, um, not this episode. He doesn't say Hyundai because I re-listened to it. No. Oh, not this episode, but I think in the other episode he mentioned he mentioned either Hyundai or the name of the car. 
like by name. I'm I'm totally not a stickler for product placement. I could really care less, but this time it stood out to me. But for whatever reason, that's just where I'm coming from. This episode brought to you by Spam and Hyundai. Uh, so anyway, Dale's frying up Spam. Spam's terrible. Lori's nauseous. So he goes over and creates a cover story and says, hey, my wife was pregnant once. Uh, we lost the baby. But the one thing I remember, besides that, is that she would always be nauseous to the smell of cooking meat. And Lori quickly figures out that, hey, obviously Glenn told you, and, and Dale admits as much, but he tried to hide it. Yep, he tried and, to, uh, try to this, cover for him again. He's 0 for 2 so far. <laughs> and it's made pretty clear that, well, she admits that she was sleeping with Shane. Uh, not in so many words, but she intones it. And he says he didn't know for sure, and he doesn't think anyone else knows, and that was a question we had. So we're a little bit closer to a definite answer. For the most part, nobody else knew. I think it's, it's uh, I was going to say cool, but it's not necessarily cool. But it's just further evidence that, that uh, Dale, Dale's pretty in tune with what's going on. You know, Dale's a busybody. Yeah. He, uh, Other way of putting it. He's either that, I wouldn't call him nosy, but I would just, I would say that he's, he's probably the one that's paying the attention the most. I'd call him beardy. And it, you know yeah, what? I'd call it, him the watcher. It makes sense for everything so far because he's been told or he's been listening or paying attention, like you're saying, Brad. Coming up, I'm not going to skip ahead. I don't know why I started this conversation. The next thing that he realizes was a little bit too uh, observant for me. And I think a lot of people would agree with you, but we'll get to that in a little bit. So we then cut to a scene with Lori and Glenn, and she says, hey, I need something else from the town pharmacy. So he goes on a supply run, and Maggie comes with him. Uh, she's still angry at him, and they have a little conversation about that. But they go inside. He has another list, and she helps him look, and all of a sudden a zombie reaches out from behind a, um, a rack of pills and grabs her. And Glenn has to dispose of it first with a uh, piece of metal shelving and secondly with that awesome kind of hook blade Gerber knife thing. That was pretty cool. That was a good jump scare and uh, and zombie kill. Did you guys notice? The CG of the head was a little iffy. I, I was just shots, about but... to say, Jordan, did you guys notice more CGI blood this show than usual? I would say, yeah. yeah I didn't I did. mean the blood, though. I meant the way it was kind of just listing on his shoulder. In general, Jordan, it was kind of uh, it was kind of odd. It was very liquidy looking. I, I guess I guess in general, more CGI effects with the zombies this show than yes. Usually, the I zombie would... effects are pretty practical. Sometimes they'll shoot one in the head, and the blood will clearly be CGI. But this, the uh, close-up zombie attack, seemed to be more CGI. Which are you talking about? The ones in the the, the development too? Because I don't really remember any sticking out as weird there. Just this one. Um, uh, maybe it was just this one. Do we get another separate zombie attack? I don't, yeah, I the one with, like, the 30 zombies. Yeah, 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 besides that one, I mean. There's this one no. and that one, and that's probably it. So I guess, I guess I mean zombies in the barn this. in the beginning, but they don't really. No, I guess I mean this. I guess I mean this scene mostly. Okay. Somebody, one of our um, Facebook people referred to this uh, uh, zombie as uh, nearly headless Nick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I saw that one. Harry Potter reference. Mm-hmm. Played by the great John Cleese. So he has a name now. It is Nick. We have Stu, Nick, and Buster. Is Stu the one in the well? Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. John yep. named that one, by the way. Yeah. Congratulations, <laughs> It John. was between Stu and Bob, and we had a vote, and Stu won. Oh, did you guys talk about before I got here that from the Facebook group, me and somebody else whose name I'm blanking on now came up a name for for Merle? No, for tell us. Merle. Merlage. 
Yes, and you know what? It's funny. I got an email for Merlage as well. So a couple people were on the same uh, line, so that's cool. Or maybe it was an email from the person you did it with. Who knows? That's possible. I like it. it. It totally works, though. Yep. But it sticks I like, to his I like Merlin. I still <laughs> like Merlin, Merlin McDreamy better. But if we find a walker on the front door, do we need him, Matt? What about him hanging on the wall? Is that art? If he's in a pile of leaves, is it Russell? Well, that's if why I... If he's floating in the ocean, is he Bob? That's why I named uh, the well one Bob, because he was floating in the well. If he's in the beach, is it Sandy? If he's hanging on a wall, his name is Art. I already did that one. Jordan just did, did that one. You did? Like, I think it was the first one I did. I'm sorry. I was, Matt. I was distracted by something shiny here in the studio. I hear that one. Uh, so speaking of the housing development, we then cut over to Shane and Andrea, Team Shandria, who are over searching the housing development. Don't ever, don't ever say that again. It makes me want to reach through the internet and punch you. I'm going to say it so many times. Uh, <laughs> Andrea, <laughs> you know that's you know I'm not even the first person to say that either. The shippers all do that kind of thing. Anyway. The shippers. You never heard that term before? <laughs> oh, I've heard it, and it's okay. still shippers. It's still. Shippers, it's not, it didn't start with loss, I don't think, although the term might have come from there, but it's basically where you take two characters and say they're going to end up together or they have ended up together. For instance, in Lost, it was you had uh, team J the Jaders and the Skaters, the people who wanted Jack and Kate to end up together, the people who wanted Sawyer and Kate to end up together, that kind of thing. I've never heard that in reference to Lost. You don't, spend you don't spend enough time on the internet, Brad. Brangelina. Yeah, there you go. Brangelina. Benefer. That's probably the best. Yeah, that's probably the best known. So they go into a house looking for Sophia. They find, I, I guess it was one of the hallways was walled off, but there was a hole, so they crawl through, and they find, I, I think it was the garage, they find about well, maybe 10, 15 severely decomposed double dead zombies. It looks like they were there. burnt, doesn't it? Does it look like yeah, somebody set totally the garage like on fire? Yes, big time. That could be, sure. And did, did anybody else think it was weird that, Shane didn't crawl through the hole head first. He kind of backed through with his butt first. Or did I just look at that wrong? I think you're looking, looking at his, at his butt? butt. Well, if he went through that way, it's probably to keep his pants hiked up. No, I mean, literally, I thought he didn't go through head first. It's, it's almost like he backed through that hole. Like he went backwards through it. Am, am I just imagining that? No, he did it. I didn't, um, I guess, think about it at all. I thought it was more strange that there were no zombies in the town. They made no noise in the house, and then when they came out, there was a million zombies. But that also matches up with the story of that town that we know. So, didn't totally bother me. It didn't bother me. I just I was like, wow, you know, where'd all these come from? So, like you said, they're they're in the garage looking at all the burnt zombies, and the garage door is up maybe a foot and a half, and you can see a whole bunch of walkers come right up to it so they make a run for it they head for the car and shane is getting headshot after headshot while andrea is barely able to get body shots and uh, the gun jams he covers her while she unjams the gun and then finally they go into kind of a very i thought the shots were very grindhouse style as she kind of time slows down there's a lot of whip pans and fast zooms as she starts to get headshot after headshot and it just kind of finally clicks in her brain how to do it yes she figured out the matrix yeah, gun fu. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Uh, she, you know, found the zone there, and uh, like you said, it it kind of slowed down. It was in that real, you know, obviously filmed in super high speed, so they could slow it down that it so it didn't jitter. I thought it was cool. It was really cool. 
to the point where Shane's like, all right, we can go now, get in the car, and she still sticks around to shoot at least one more. And she's sitting there waiting for him to get closer and closer, which yeah. is cool. That's the an- This is the Andrea we know now. Mm-hmm. This is the an- – and it's weird how they – to me, it's weird how they went about it in the show to finally get her to this point. Um, maybe it's just because we're not used to it, but in the comic, if memory serves, there really wasn't any – once Andrea picked up a gun and she started shooting, she was there. You know, there really wasn't a point in the comic when Andrea – could not hit whatever she aimed at. And so for me as a comic fan, it's nice to finally get Andrea to this point where she can just pick it up and shoot it and, you know, and hit it. And I think they did a good job of seeding that from the beginning. I mean, you go back to her first appearance in episode 102, the first time we see her, she's holding a gun and she's pointing it at Rick. And, you know, at that point, she doesn't even know what a safety is or how to turn it off. But we've seen over, what, 10 episodes now, 11 episodes, we've seen a logical progression of her learning more about guns, becoming more familiar with it, learning how to, you know, field strip and put one back together, etc. And I think it worked really well. And I think our female listeners will be happy that a female character has sort of a real strong uh, job and identity now. That's, she can kick some ass. Yeah, that's been a complaint for a while that uh, the female yeah, characters the, are whiny or useless. I've noticed a lot of the... Lori hate has gone away and it's kind of morphed into the Andrea hate. And so I'm, and I, I totally get it because, you know, this has been a different Andrea, Andrea that, that we're um, used to, but I'm hoping that'll calm down now that we'll actually get to see just how awesome Andrea can be. That and now that Daryl has forgiven her, I hope a lot of the Dixon's Vixens will forgive her as well. Yeah. They're not very forgiving people generally. But if their leader tells them to, (laughs) just saying. Uh, so we then cut back to Maggie and Glenn, who are coming back to the farm. Maggie is ticked. Uh, she comes up to Lori and says, here's your shampoo, here's your conditioner, here's your soap opera digest, and here's your damn abortion pills. Oh, snap. Because <laughs> nobody didn't see that coming. Uh, so Glenn and Maggie kind of reconvene a little ways away from Lori, and Glenn's like, hey, that was not exactly the best way to handle it. And Maggie says, look, you're too smart, you're too uh, too much of a leader to be treated like an errand boy, they keep putting you in danger and you've got to stop letting them do that. She says she's already lost most of the people that you know mean anything to her. Most of those people are already in the barn as walkers and she's not ready to lose him too. I laughed when she said, oh, we need somebody to go down the well. <laughs> Get Glenn. <laughs> this is the same thing you said last episode. Yeah, it was practically a quote of John. Yeah, dumbest idea ever. <laughs> Uh, then we cut back briefly to Shane and Andrea as they're driving back, and uh, she decides she wants to grab his crotch. So Team Shandria gets on some hanky-panky. That one's for you, Jim. And uh, then they head back to camp. This is what he means by the advanced course. <laughs> yes. You're going to learn how to fire a gun and drive stick. Oh! <laughs> Not bad. Plenty of room in the new Hyundai. <laughs> I, thought the, um, I thought the horn sound was was pretty well timed too. That was place. pretty funny. Yeah. It still cracks me up like I don't need to see it, don't get me wrong, but it still cracks me up like what they can do violence-wise and they cut away from any sex. I um I was watching this episode with my mother actually. She's um <laughs> <clears throat> she uh you know, I told her about the show when it started and how cool the comic was and she finally got around to watching 
the show after the first season ended. I had the um, I had the the episode still on the DVR. So anyway, she caught up. So this episode and not last week's, but maybe it was last week's. I I was uh, lucky enough to sit there and watch it with my mom. And um, and then that scene came on where she reaches over. And my mom goes, "Oh my!" <laughs> it just in, in was my funny. day, <laughs> girls yeah. didn't grab boys' crotches. <laughs> right? She's like, "Oh my!" It was just funny. My mom's uh, sixty-seven years old. She's still pretty hip for a sixty-seven-year-old lady, but it was just funny hearing her say, "Oh my!" <laughs> like you, you haven't done that at least twice, mom. You have two sons. <laughs> Never in a Hyundai. Uh, so we cut back to Lori. Lori decides she's going to take all of the morning after pills at once, uh, but she immediately has some second thoughts. She runs out uh, well, 50 feet from the tent, and she throws them all back up. And this, I would I would just like to state that this clearly illustrates that pregnant women are crazy. Yeah, I thought Lori was a little smarter than that. You know, th- there's obviously directions and guidelines for taking that kind of medication, and she throws eight of them down her throat, and that's kind of silly. She wanted to make sure. I was happy that Glenn said, is this even going to work? You know, because there's, I guess there's a question of how much time has lapsed here. It's it's certainly not the morning after. Let's put it that way. Exactly. And if it chains, we're looking at up to, you know, it could even be a couple of months. If they were getting it on soon after Rick was supposedly dead, you know, it could be a couple of months, right? I mean... Could well, be, although I think morning sickness starts pretty soon. When was this the... T- I can't remember when it was when... And I can't even remember who she was talking to when Lori said, no, it's Rick's. Uh, that was Rick's. She was talking to Dale. She's like, no, it, it, was, Rick, it was Rick's for sure. Was that before or after this? Uh, I before. think it's when... Yeah, it's when he was cooking up the spam. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so... She's obviously certain about that. No, I don't buy that at all. I think well, that I think that she's just taking she's the just saying that. Oh yeah, she's taking Shane being the father just out of the equation because she can't even you know try to fathom what that would be like or whatever. And when when was the conversation with Lori and Glenn where he says, you know, I'm glad this is. She said something about it being a hard decision, and he said, I'm glad it's not mine, and that. Right when he right here, he brings her the pills and the neonato vitamins. Right, and he says something like, uh, "Glad it's not my decision." Yeah, he says something to the effect of, "You know, I, I know it's none of my business, and I shouldn't tell you what to do, but I think this is a decision that you shouldn't make alone." And that just was kind of cool seeing the the more mature Glenn, you know, kind of uh, mirroring what Maggie said to him earlier about him being a leader and a smart guy and that kind of thing. Oh yeah, good point. Well said, Brad. Don't patronize me. No, no, that really was a good point. I hadn't thought about that. You're great, Brad. <laughs> so is your mom, John. <laughs> so Team Shandery gets back to the farm. And, Son of uh, a bitch, he said it again. They get back to the farm, and it's pretty clear that Dale can sense, uh, hey, they've uh, they've been getting up to some of Jim's favorite term, hanky-panky. And uh, he comes over to Shane. He says, hey, you've got this new ride. Uh, we've got plenty of gas. You should just leave now. It's time for you to go. Uh, he's, you know, they get into a whole kind of argument where he says, I know what kind of man you are. He brings up, and this is what John was talking about before, the Otis thing. Then he brings up that, you know, I was there. I might not have been there what, whatever happened with Otis happened, but I was there when you pulled the gun on Rick and when you held him in your sights. 
when I know what man you, what kind of man you are, and to which Shane replies, you think I'm the kind of guy who would kill my best friend? The guy's practically my brother? Do you think that's true? What do you think I'm going to do to a guy I don't even like who's throwing around accusations like this? And it was this, a pretty cool scene between the two of them. Yeah, this scene really echoes some things that we were saying just a couple episodes ago about Dale. You know, I mean, Dale being the one who saw Shane, you know, in his, uh, uh, put Rick in his sights. You know, Dale being the one who was kind of questioning what happened with Shane and Otis. You know, we keep seeing Dale in the background kind of keeping his eye on Shane. And now we finally get the payoff for that. You know, Dale was like, hey, I know what's up. And, but, you know, Shane threatens him right back. Yeah, I don't get, um, I don't get how he kind of knows about Otis. I really don't get how he knows that they had sex, but I can live with that. What- well, I mean, he, I, I think the two are connected, though, John, because he, he says when he's talking to Lori and she goes, how did you know? He goes, well, I didn't until right now when you, when you pretty much admitted it. He's just kind of putting accusations out there and seeing what sticks. I'm, are you talking about Shane and Lori, or are you talking about Shane and Andrea? Oh, Shane and Andrea. Yeah. Um, I, you know, when I went back and rewatched it, I was talking about Lori, but when I went back and rewatched it, there was definitely some looks in between them. I don't know that I would have been able to jump to, oh, they were just having sex, but I could kind of see Dale doing it, especially with how jealous Dale has been. Yeah, I think that's what I what I pulled out of it is this is much more than a father, in his mind, much more than a father figure thing with Andrea. Like he's getting this unhealthy sort of obsession with every move she's making. And I guess we've been clued into that with the gun thing and, and all that. But now it's really like, you know, he doesn't even want any men around her, which I didn't I didn't get that 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 Dale was certain that anything happened between the two of them. But what I did get was that he just wasn't taking any chances. He recognized the fact that they were alone together and and he's obviously, you know, developing feelings for her. So it's just more of a jealousy. Right. And if you if you take for, you know, for fact that he knows about Otis then it totally makes sense that he doesn't want Shane near Andrea, you know, whether they're doing it or not. You know, if he obviously, if he thinks he murdered Otis or had something to do with it, he just doesn't want Andrea around him. Plus, this kind of refers to the scene earlier in this episode where, um, you know, Herschel asked Daly, he's like, are you sure of everybody in your group? And I kind of took that to be an oblique reference to Shane. Yeah, me too, Jim. Exactly. Definitely. You know, at this point, Dale said, Something to Shane, like, you know, you've been pretty vague about what happened, you know, with Otis or whatever. So he's he's definitely had his suspicions for a long time. Dale's a smart guy. I so wish we could score a Jeffrey DeMunn interview. Man, that would be awesome. So we then cut back to Rick. And when Lori rushed out of the tent after taking the morning after pill, she left all of the packaging right on the table in the tent. So he quickly finds them and he runs out to find Lori. Uh, Lori panics. Um, but she quickly tells him, look, I, I know I took them, but I threw them all up again. And Rick is ticked. This is the first time I think we've seen Rick angry, and it's pretty awesome. And he he's like, how could you tell Glenn about this before you told me about it? Um, and they have a similar conversation to what they had about Carl just a few episodes back. How do you bring a baby into this situation when every cry is going to put every single person we care about in danger? And then Rick says, look. You know, I don't know how we're going to deal with this, but is there anything else you want to tell me? Which I went, oh, they're going to drag this out even longer. But they didn't, thankfully. And she says that she slept with Shane. And Rick says, yeah, he pretty much suspected as much. Um, as long as they thought he was dead, you know, he, he understands why. But we can tell he's very dejected. The camera pulls back 
and the episode is over. I really uh, found it super hypocritical on Lori's part. First, she got into Rick's business all about him not telling her that Herschel wanted them to leave. But yet, you know, she turned around and kept all this stuff from him, you know. I mean, yeah, how could she, you know, she threw that up in his face when she's holding on to all these things. Hence the name of the episode. Yeah, I totally think that was the, <laughs> I to, I totally think that was the point of this whole scene here. One of the points, you know, to bring the the episode full circle was to put Lori in her place. And um, <clears throat> I was thinking about this scene and thinking about its companion scene in the comic. Um, it's similar. There's a couple of differences, but um, like they didn't have the entire conversation in the comic. Um, there were things that Rick didn't want to hear. They didn't want to hear Lori say in the comic, but the end result was pretty much the same as far as his reaction to it. So it's kind of interesting. How do we all feel about how Rick's reaction came across? There's I been a lot of chatter. Time. No, I mean the actual, uh, the reaction to her saying that uh, she was with Shane. Oh, okay. kind of the, the um, uh, yeah, of course. I think he says, of course you were. Of course, you know, you thought I was dead. He kind of repeats it or whatever. First of all, do you buy it? Is he just trying to save for like having another fight? Uh, do you buy that he knew all along? And in general, a lot of people are like, oh, come on, he takes that in stride. You know, that's really what should have set him off. That's really a subjective thing, though. I mean, that's going to depend on the individual. And what we've seen of Rick so far in his arguments is that he rarely, or what we've seen, what we've heard is that he rarely yells. He rarely gets all emotionally bent out of shape. He generally is the understanding one and the one who's like, we're going to work through this. So it fit the character as he's been presented so far for me. I think I think you're right. Uh, hit that on the head. With, you use the right word. It's subjective. I mean, we've all had the, the theoretical conversations with our friends. You know, if your wife or your girlfriend or, or your husband, if you caught them cheating, would you accept them back? And, you know, people, the responses are either, yeah, he gets one chance or no, I'm over and done with. And it, you know, it really depends on, on that person that you're asking. So, you know, it's a common answer for people to say, yeah, I would forgive him and move on. And, and, and that's, you know, apparently what, how Rick is dealing with this situation so i don't see it as being an improbable reaction you know especially in light of the fact that you know like he said his is it wife, really cheating though because she thought he was dead no no, no and that's where i was headed you know and, and and that's that was the whole point of, of what i was saying i'm sorry about that noise that was the whole point of what i was saying you know uh regardless of whether or not somebody was cheating people are going to react one way or the other you know it's it's either they're going to be upset or they're going to forgive them and just move on and you know in this case he even says you know yeah i know you you thought i was dead you know i I just think he realizes that there's not a whole lot of options left in the world right now and uh so let's just forget about the past move on try to survive and uh because if he doesn't do that then what's he going to do leave Lori alone leave the baby alone, you know, it's just, it would be too complicated. Rick's either thinking, you know, I don't care. I love Lori. I want to stay with her. Or it'd be too complicated to split up and, and, uh, in this, you know, crazy time. So might as well just work it out. So how about busters all around? How about ratings? I'll give it a solid four. I will give it a 3.875, almost a four. (laughs) I, I liked it. I, I didn't like it maybe as much as the ones that I give fours to. 
Uh, I thought it started a little slow, but it ended pretty well. So I'm right right around a little bit, a low four, uh, almost a four, right around there. I wouldn't give it much less than a three and a half. Probably it probably that's a four for me. I really enjoyed it. I wasn't bored. Some good stuff, good character moments, some good laughs. Uh, you know, had a couple of zombie scenes. So I was happy. I was happy with it. I'll give it a four. I will give it a 3.75. <laughs> I I like the character stuff. I like the character progression stuff that happened in this episode. Stuff that, you know, had to be said. <clears throat> sorry. Stuff that had to be uh, said between characters was finally said. And some, you know, things that finally uh, come to light were supposed to. Um, I could have used a little more action, I think. We just had the, the one walker in the drugstore and then the scene with, uh, with Andrea and Shane. Um, I, I could have used a little, you know, a few more zombies this episode, but again, the character stuff was good. Um, three point seven five some busters. So it's three busters and then one busters like missing a leg. Nice. All right, I have some Facebook and Twitter ratings as well, and I just want to say that uh, I love this interaction. But the more Twitter and Facebook followers that we gain, which we get some new ones every week the harder it is to, like, read all the comments. So I'm just going to breeze through, like, a bunch. I really do. We do have a lot of fun with it in the Facebook group, if anybody wants to check that out. Uh, and the Twitter feed is uh, WDTV Podcast. I think I'm going to have to unsubscribe from the Facebook group because uh, I don't always get to watch the episode when it airs, and uh, I have a habit of checking my email. And, Why don't you uh, just remove the notifications to your email from that, the group? That's actually what I meant to say. I'm not going to, you know, not join the, not belong to the group. But yeah, change my email preference notification thing. Yes. Because, uh, you know, I got spoiled last week because of it. Ooh. Okay. So Brad gives it, uh, not you, Brad. Brad Z gives it a three and a half. Victor gave it a five. Courtney gave it a four. Soda gave it a four. That's big because Joe has been disappointed lately, I think. He says, glad all the secrets are out in the open. Can't wait to see the ramifications. 475 from Liz, 3 from Luthen. If nothing else, at least all of Lori's secrets are out. A tad too much Lori drama for me. Um, I'll read some of the ones that kind of vary. We have Rob on the Facebook group that gave it two busters. Things are revealed and completely shrugged off. You slept with Shane? Oh, okay. Uh, so there's a person, I guess, who didn't enjoy Rick's reaction. Uh, three seven five from Fan, four from Michelle, three from Carlos. I think that's the Carlos that called in. Four and a half from Samantha. Uh, great episode, but still no Sophia resolution. Um, I did want to read this comment. It wasn't a bo- uh, a Buster rating, but uh, Michael said eight ba- eight pounds six ounce baby Jesus. Please let Sophia be a zombie in the barn. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I like to wear a tuxedo. Uh, my Jesus wears a T-shirt with a tuxedo on it because, like, he likes to party, but he's formal. Brad, anybody? Talladega Nights? No? All right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, Congratulations. Totally. Okay. Okay. I'm going to come at you like a spider monkey. <laughs> spider monkey. Okay, three from Pamela. It's the Highlander. 2.75 from Mick. Busters. Uh, 2.75 Busters only because most of the good stuff happened in the second half of the show. Uh, Andrea kicking ass and car sex. I'm in. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Three from Jade. She yawned twice during the first 30 minutes. And four and a half from Philip. 
Do I want to read any of these other ones? Uh, 3.75 Hyundais from Mr. Mike Jones. Oh, here's the worst one. Christina gave it one buster and half a well walker. So definitely a bigger range this time. Uh, everywhere from one to five, which you usually don't see. Um, I think I like this one a little bit more than the, than the masses, which is usually the opposite. Uh, I was I was pretty happy with it. So, but a, a bigger range, and uh, the ratings are holding firm, right, Jordan? I mean, it'll lose two points here, gain two points there. Yeah, they've they've still been good, still very good for cable, excellent for AMC. Uh, they're holding strong. Very nice, Brad. Do you have an email from Aaron that we'd like to get to, since he is our podcasting brother? Yeah, I sure do. Uh, it says, "Well, that was a handsy episode, eh, guys? Is that a reference to something that I'm?" Yes, driving yes. stick. Hansy, what? Andrea driving stick. Hansy. The advanced course. Hansy. Oh, okay. Um, so here are my thoughts on secrets. Sorry for the length. I'll start with the end, as I think Rick's role on the show needs more discussion. In the comics, I'm a Rick guy through and through. In the show, I haven't found him as interesting, serving more as my Luke Skywalker, while others play more interesting characters. Yes, Shane is my Han Solo. The end of secrets gave me more to appreciate from him. And I think we would all agree with that. I think Andrew Lincoln did a great job handling the pregnancy issue with Lori. But more importantly, his response to her and Shane's relationship. The fact that Rick didn't explode, but instead perfectly understood, given the situation, this occurrence spoke well for developing Rick as a character. This makes it pretty clear that Generous said something else to Rick as well. Secret secrets. Do you think um, we're ever going to find out what that was, guys? Yes, I Yeah, Kirkland's been saying second half of the season. Oh, okay. All right, cool. Continuing to go backwards, Shane's creepy scene with Dale was another great moment. I think we all like that as well. Shane continues to stand as the wild card of the series for comic fans, and this was another way to see how the show can go to warped places by pushing the tension between him and Dale. I did like how Dale brought up the gun-pointing moment from Season 1, and I do recall seeing some unsure glances when Shane mentioned Otis's death in earlier episodes. So it was nice and appropriate to see Dale call some things out to Shane. Moving to Andrea... I like this Andrea more than last week's Andrea. I think we would all agree, Aaron. Seeing her go into bullet time this week was a little cheesy, but at least it's starting to flesh out her character more. I didn't think it was cheesy. I, I liked it. Uh, and speaking of flesh, that adrenaline-fueled Hyundai action, well, I think I predicted something like that in a previous email. And finally, Glenn got his stuff done this episode. Enjoyed his awkwardness in holding on to secrets, but also his confrontations with Maggie. Bonus points for his zombie kill of the week, which was preceded by an actual effective jump scare. Maybe predictable, but effective. And, you know, earlier you were talking about it, how it um, it got you, John. I expected it because there was a really long scene of her going through all those pills. I thought, okay, this this little scene here is going too long, and then boom, he jumps out. But it did did get me. I jumped. Uh, He says, overall, a strong character episode with madness, and hopefully a Sophia find in-store for next week's mid-finale. Four busters. Thank you, Aaron. Yes, and I think I'll just mention quickly that uh, next show, I guess we'll get into what we're going to do for the break. Um, We have some kind of different things planned for the break rather than in every other week of just Walking Dead stuff. Uh, We are going to have Aaron's Out Now podcast uh, on the feed for at least one show during that break, and I think Aaron's got some zombie goodness uh, from the movie world plan. So that should be a lot of fun. We love Aaron and Abe. Uh, bah, 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 bah. I have one voicemail that I want to get to this week, and then we will wrap up. 
Hi, guys. This is Kay in St. Louis. I hope I'm not too late to make your next podcast. But I'm calling about last night's episode, Secrets. I thought it was awesome. I gave it 4.5 busters. I thought that it had a lot of humor. It had a decent amount of action. I kind of could have done without the soap opera ending. But other than that, I thought it was great. A couple comments. Um, Glenn is awesome. I think Glenn continues to be awesome. He is brave. He is smart. He is a great tactician. Um, I think he should plan everything that the group does when they try and go into any place where there could be zombies. Um, Maggie getting PO'd at Lori. I loved it. Even though a little tiny part of me feels really sorry for Lori, I kind of think she deserved it because she needs to realize that it's not just all about her even though she is in kind of a crappy situation. Shane and Andrea, I'm so glad in some ways that they finally went ahead and did it. I knew it was going to happen, so I was just, you know, wanting that out of the way. Shane, um, as opposed to Glenn, is a horrible tactician. Wherever he goes, he puts people in danger. Uh, When they went into that house, he clearly had no exit strategy. I think you always have to have an exit strategy in this situation. And he puts himself and obviously he puts others in danger too. Andrea, I so liked her in season one, but she continues to be annoying, even though she's becoming badass this season. I just can't seem to warm up to her. I hope to God that she um, doesn't become too cocky and too crazy and continue being annoying. Anyway, oh, last thought, Dale and Herschel's um, exchange, I loved that. I I really, I think Dale's a horrible lookout, just like everybody else does, but he does have the redeeming quality in that he is so calming and he does kind of get to the point of the issue and he understands things. He was very direct with Herschel. Oh, he was equally as direct with Shane. And I swear to God, if Shane kills Dale or hurts Dale in some way, I am going to personally <laughs> go to Atlanta and kick Shane's butt. But anyway, thanks for listening, guys. Great show. Bye. Thank you, Kay, from St. Louis. Do we think that Shane will actually do something to Dale or anybody? Uh, to anybody, maybe. Dale, I doubt it. Wouldn't surprise me, man. They've done some things on this show already that we haven't expected. Thanks again for that. If anybody would like to leave your thoughts with us, the number is 516-468-7912. And with that, I think we're ready to wrap this one up. And the plan is, again, we will close out to give everybody who does not want any spoilers a chance to uh, leave at that point. And we will then do the mild spoilers for next week's preview. And I think we probably have enough blooper material this week. That's my guess. I think you might be right. So take it away, young Jordan. All righty. You can send us a voicemail, 516-468-7912, or send us an email, comments at walkingdeadtv.com. Don't forget you can hear all of our shows on our YouTube channel now, youtube.com slash podcast. Also catch our con videos, contests, and more there. Check out hhwlod.com for all of our great shows like Half Hour Wasted, The Legion of Dudes, PKD Black Box, and Out Now with Aaron and Abe, and our less regular shows like Media Minutes and the brand new Tech Dudes. And all those shows can be found on Facebook as well. Don't forget, check out all the Walking Dead podcasts and the Walking Dead Podcast Network at forumforgeeks.com as well as many, many other awesome shows. And you can follow us on Twitter at WDTV Podcast. 
and at HHWLOD underscore network. And so until there's no more room in hell and the dead walk the earth, remember, shoot me again, you best pray I'm dead. And for those of you who aren't sticking around for the spoilers, have a good week. For those of you who are, episode 207, our mid-season finale, if you will, is titled Pretty Much Dead Already. Herschel sets a deadline, all secrets are out in the open, Glenn stands up for himself, and Shane takes charge. Have a good week. Have a good one, everybody. You're wondering who I am. Secret, secret, I got a secret. Machine or mannequin. Secret, secret, I got a secret. With parts made in Japan. Secret, secret, I got a secret. That is the creepiest picture I've ever seen. Which one? The one of you as a little kid on Skype? Yeah, that one. I'm going to do that right before the recap. Yeah, we're all, all uh, we, we worked that out when you went to pee. What am I doing? I'm just here for my looks. Um, uh, let's see. You sit look pretty. Uh, poem, poem, squirrel. And Margie tells him he's being, er, Margie. You know what you're being wrong? It's not so ugly. Uh, where were we? So after Talk about and... how ugly John was. <laughs> I used a vague pronoun. I'm just pointing that out. Douchebag said what? Huh? Douchebag said what? Okay. Porque? Porque, porque? Porque, porque, porque? Porque, 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 porque? Uh, anyway. Hold on, I'm just double-checking, because I could have swore it was a gray car. No, it's like, uh... That's puke green, right? Yeah, is it a very light green, It though? is. It's it's almost like a, a pea soup kind of... Like a pistachio. Red pistachio nut. No, green pistachio. Walnut. Pine Holland, nut. Holland, Peppa, you stop naming nuts. <laughs> Let's move on. Jim's picking up what I'm putting down. Mom, meatloaf! Pine nuts. Well, I, don't, I don't know what she's doing up there. Worst episode ever. So last week we talked about my mom. This week Brad's mom. Who's going to be next week? Well, Russ isn't here, so we should definitely talk about his mom. <laughs> then he says, "Glad I don't, I don't have to make it alone, right?" Yeah, you know he's no. He says, I'm "Glad you don't have to make it alone." Something like that. He, Let he Bradley says, finish his sentence. Sorry, yeah. Shut sorry, sorry. up. He says, "Um, what does he say, Brad?" So, Team Shandery gets back to the farm. And, Son of uh, a bitch, he said it again. <laughs> All right, Jordan, that's three times is enough. Yeah, probably. We're good. We're going to demote comes you. Triplets? If you say it again, you're demoted. Demoted? You are demoted to Yuck Monkey. Pretty much already a Yuck Monkey. You'll be demoted from Padawan to Youngling. So I get killed by Darth Vader? Yes. I could go for a cold Youngling right now. Mm. <laughs> hey, Youngling's not bad. That he just doesn't want Andrea near her, whether they're doing it. Um, Andrea near? No. I thought you were going to say something about Andrea's hand on his crank at the end there for your little thing. <laughs>